Phil Metz does not play pickleball competitively, but he does teach with one of the best-known professionals in the game, Simone Jardim. Today, Phil talks about the importance of paddle position in developing fast hands. So let's get to the intro to hear from Phil. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Phil Metz. How are you doing today, Phil? Good, Lynn. Thanks for having me. I am so glad that you are able to be on the show today. You are an instructor at one of the top academies in pickleball, and I will get to that more in a moment. But first, I do always like to start off with a little bit about your pickleball journey, how you got started playing, and how long ago that was. Oh, boy. Well, it's kind of funny. I'm one of the pickleball players that has a tennis background. I played tennis since I was probably four years old and competed at a fairly high level and took it very serious. And after I was done coaching or playing, I went into coaching for a few years. And after school, after teaching tennis, I moved down to Florida, to Naples specifically. And that's where we discovered pickleball. My partner and I were just at the community parks and saw people playing on tennis courts. And there were no tennis players and we had never seen it before. So we just kind of walked over to check it out. And we were just observing. And then the people that were playing actually invited us to play and I mean, it was compared to tennis, it's a relatively easy sport to pick up. And I guess kind of the rest is history. I don't think I've ever really played it competitively. I enjoy playing it, but I don't really want to relive all the competitive stuff that I went through in tennis. And I just like to keep the pickleball as kind of a social sport more of a hobby and I enjoy the coaching a lot more than any playing for myself and that probably happened getting started about seven years ago or so and I mean I it just it doesn't get old I just as long as the people are nice on the other side of the net and who I'm playing with I mean it's going to be a good time out there on the court regardless of ability or or anything. It's just a lot of fun. Very addicting. I can definitely relate to what you said in terms of you played tennis all those years. You were probably always going to tournaments. And I know like for me through high school into college, it was the same way. So I'm kind of like you. I could definitely relate where I enjoy just getting on the courts and having fun. But you've taken pickleball to that level where you are teaching players and you teach at one of the academies that is probably, at least I was very well aware of it actually when Simone Jardim started it. So tell us what the name of the academy is and how you got started there. Yeah, so Simone and Chad started the Peak Performance Pickleball Academy in in Naples, Florida. They started at East Naples Park, the site of the U.S. Open. And then they actually went north, and it's currently at the Bonita Springs YMCA. And it just 
Simone kind of approached me, I think. I don't even know. She might recall things a little differently. She approached me. I don't think I really knew who she was. And I think we might have hit a few balls. And then she asked me to actually join one of her clinics that she was putting on at the academy. And so I just thought, okay, she needed an even number or something to, for the clinic. And I was going to make that even number for her. So I participated, had a lot of fun. Her and Chad were fantastic on the court. Everybody had a great time. And after the clinic was over, I went up to her to pay and she declined. And I was like, what are you talking about? And <laughs> she said, no, this was basically like a trial run for you. And they talked to me about helping them out at their academy with coaching because she knew my tennis background somewhat. And I just thought, okay, here's an opportunity for me to keep my foot in the door because I was done coaching tennis at the time because I switched my career to real estate. And I just have always enjoyed coaching so much more than playing as just to see whoever you're working with kind of their eyes light up and they get the hang of something or you teach them something new and they're really excited and enthusiastic about it. To me, that's just way more rewarding than any individual medal I could ever earn in pickleball for playing kind of. And I think the academy that Simone and Chad started, it just they've done such a good job of laying the foundation for it that I mean they have so many students, hundreds of students, and all the coaches there are working more than they probably care to work. I mean, it just it's just really good quality over there. And I think that shows with the people that continue to come back season after season and the ones that are here year round continue year round. It's just a direct reflection of how they conduct their business out there. So it's pretty special to be a part of. And I'm just always very grateful to both of them to for giving me the opportunity to be part of their team over there. That sounds like a great program. And I'm curious, it's a YMCA where there, how many courts are there? Are they mostly indoor, mostly outdoor? What's the setup like? Well, the setup, they have eight outdoor courts over there. And it's kind of funny because you're in Naples and you're in the, like, just the thick of pickleball down here. And you go to the parks and the communities all over the place. And they're all booked with people playing every single morning, in season, out of season. And this Benita Y, it's not too many people play over there for open play or anything. It's just kind of a hidden secret, so to speak, even though that the academy is over there. I think people just associate it with the academy and maybe not an opportunity to play full time over there but in the summer everything's a little bit quieter but those courts are usually pretty wide open unless something for the academy is going on over there 
So it's pretty neat, I guess, in some ways, but it's a really nice facility. The courts are relatively new and I think the academy can kind of perform everything they need to with their clinics and lessons and tournaments and camps. There's enough to go around for everybody over there. I think I saw in one of the videos that you've done that you actually prefer to teach the lower level players as opposed to the more advanced. Why is that? I think coming from tennis, I took tennis serious and I taught some pretty high level players and I I kind of got out of that. And I think teaching pickleball now, it's just something that I want to keep light and fun. And it's a bit of a stress reliever for me from the real estate job. And I think working with the beginners and more intermediate players, they seem to have a different perspective on the sport where they want to learn, they want to improve, but it's not life or death for them. Like they're not planning to put food on the table by any means. And so if you can teach them just like a couple little things and the light bulb goes off for them. Just the enthusiasm that you get from them is just very rewarding for any coach, I think. And it's just a lot of fun. I mean, not that the advanced players aren't fun to teach as well. It just, I think my perspective, I'm just in line with the beginners and the more intermediate players, because I think most of us are all relatively new to the sports. And I can just relate to them a bit more, I think, in that it is a social game. It is just a lot of fun and everybody plays for a different reason. And the more advanced players, maybe they take it a bit more serious. And I like to have fun out there on the court. And so maybe they don't like my style as much because... You know, it's like you want to teach them something, and but you want to have fun at the same time. And I just find that I connect a little bit better with the beginner intermediate players. So it works very well over there. We all have our spot over there at the academy. <laughs> I definitely can see that because initially I connected with you through some of the videos on YouTube that you and Simone do together from an instructional viewpoint. And I have to say, you and Simone really have quite a rapport. And actually, I love the way that you kidder. How did all that develop? It's kind of funny. I think she looks at me as a brother and I look at her as a sister. And I think when we're around each other, we kind of act like we're 12 years old. And we just kind of poke fun of each other all the time. And it just, it just works for us. I think I know in some of the videos I say, I teach her or I've taught her everything she knows, but really, I mean, to be honest, it's quite the opposite, but she's just, she's a good person and she's fun to be around and she doesn't take herself too serious. 
And I think that's just why we gel so well out there together. We just feed off of each other and we know when it's time to be serious and when it's okay to goof around. She is obviously the lead role and I enjoy kind of being in the shadow, being in the background somewhat. And I think it just works. It just, it really does. And hopefully it does come across that way in the videos. I think she's gotten some good reviews on them. So we haven't made any recently, but hopefully in the near future, we'll be making a few more. One of the videos that I watched that you two did together that I really liked, let's go ahead and kind of dig into that. And it really was a video about developing quicker hands in pickleball. First, let me ask, what what does having quick hands mean? Well, I think quick hands is just a way of saying reacting to fast shots, especially when you have those rallies where you're going volley volley at each other, where you and your opponent are at the kitchen line battling it out against each other. And just, I think that's a very important part of this game. And that if you have a lot of confidence that you're able to react quickly to fast shots, I don't think you're going to cower or back up or go on defense so easily. I think you're going to hold your ground up there a bit better and just be more confident overall. Because I think one of the big things that we hear from players is that they play a lot of bangers and nobody's really playing the soft game at the intermediate lower levels kind of and they all want to play that soft game but you have to deal with that that fast game and so you can't control the way you're somebody else is going to play against you so you might as well learn how to handle it and i think just by trying to develop those fast hands quick reactions against those fast balls i just think that's going to give you a lot of confidence up and I don't know how detailed you want to get. I just think with that, it all starts with that good ready position that players have. And it's different for everybody. If you watch the better players, the pro players on YouTube for their matches, everybody kind of has a different ready position. And there's not one universal way to hold the paddle or have it in that ready position so to speak. And you just have to kind of mess around and figure out what works best for you and kind of build from there. I think, yeah. In terms of that ready position, I think instructors often talk about it like a clock face. And I remember there was, it might've been that video that I was watching. I think Simone said she used to hold her paddle in the 10 o'clock position, but she since changed it to be a little bit more towards the center being at 11 o'clock. What, just even thinking about that change, why would she make that change and how does it help have the quick hands? Well, I think what a lot of players do, I think they're fearful of getting hit by the ball. And there's a lot of body shots in pickleball and some players sit on their backhand too much because they know that backhand is going to protect them 
from getting hit by the ball. But then if you're sitting on your backhand too much, your forehand becomes pretty vulnerable. So if somebody hits the ball quickly or fast to your forehand, you'll probably be a bit late to react to that. So with Simone changing from the tip of her paddle, pointing at the number 10 to the number 11, she's still favoring the backhand somewhat, but now she's made it a little bit easier to react quicker to that forehand side. And it's just those little tiny adjustments that can make a big difference, especially at her level. It's, I mean, their level is so fine-tuned that something that little can make all the difference in the world. The other part with the ready position, along with the clock, is I would, we've been going over it in quite a few lessons, tinkering with how far out in front of the body you should hold the paddle. If you watch, Simone will just keep using her as an example, she tends to have two hands on the paddle for her ready position. And if she's at the line, at the kitchen line, she's on offense, her opponents are back. She has that paddle sitting out in front of her a little bit more. Elbows out in front, uh, arms are a little bit more extended. And she's, that's promoting her to take that ball earlier and be more aggressive. Where if somebody is moving up and attacking her, she might step off the line. And you'll also notice that she brings the paddle in closer to her body. And that just gives her a little bit more time to react to those faster shots and go from there. So that's one thing that a lot of players don't really pick up on. But I think, it again, just those tiny little adjustments can make a huge difference for your success or not (laughs) out there. Let me ask a couple follow-up questions. You're talking at this point about somebody who's a very high-level professional player. But let's think about a lower-level player where, you know, one of their sides is stronger. And most people, when they start, they're probably going to have a stronger forehand than backhand. How would that change my ready position in terms of the clock face? Well, it's kind of funny because I think, like, we we actually asked that question in the clinics who likes their forehand volley more than their backhand volley. And pretty much all the hands go up. And players like their forehand volley for offensive opportunities where they can be more aggressive, possibly put the ball away. And so we put them through some drills. And then we ask them at the end of the drill, okay, which side did you like more, forehand or backhand? And then pretty much everybody switches their answer to the backhand. So if you were to go volley volley with somebody and you had to go backhand to backhand with each other, that tends to be a lot easier than going forehand to forehand if you're trying to come back to the ready position after each shot. Just because the backhand, it tends to be a shorter stroke. You can't get into as much trouble on the backhand side because your body is there to prevent too big of a backswing, where the forehand, nothing's behind your backswing. So the backswing can get a little big. You have a bit more reach on that side. So if you're reaching and not getting close to the ball, you might lose some control that way. And so if 
a player is always looking for their forehand. They tend to favor that forehand side too much. Through playing, I think if a player is favoring their forehand, their opponents might pick up on that and their opponents might attack the backhand side then. And so it's kind of, you have to be self-aware of your strengths and weaknesses out there. And so, and that's where, sorry, kind of going on a tangent here. That's where a lot of players think that playing with better players is going to make them better. And I really disagree with that statement to an extent, of course. And that when you're working on things such as your ready position or third shot drop or whatever it might be, when you're playing with better players in point situations, open play, you're just, the mentality seems to be you just want to compete and win and impress these better players. So hopefully they invite you back to play with them. And that kind of takes away from you building your skills out there. And I think in open play in any kind of practice outside of a tournament, players are going to improve a lot quicker if they're thinking about specific skills that they're trying to implement during this point play situation. And it's a lot easier to do that against players of your level or even lower than your level, kind of. Just because I think mentally you might be a little more confident with that group and you're you're working on things, you might make a few misses, but in the back of your mind, that if you were to really just play the way you normally play, you would be just fine, kind of. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. And actually, that's great advice for people if they're really working on trying to improve their game. And let me just finish up with one last question. Coming from racquetball, I was actually, I didn't, I didn't shade my racket one way or the other. It was pretty much straight up 12 o'clock. Should we, it sounds like really in pickleball, we probably shouldn't be straight up 12 o'clock because it is more comfortable to hit that backhand in a quick hands exchange. Yeah. I mean, in seeing that's where it's different. If you watch, if you watch JW Johnson, like just using the pros as an example, JW's ready position, it looks like he's just standing there, his arms at his side, his paddles down at his waist, kind of. And then, but he gets everything. He's very efficient with his movement. But then you look at somebody, say, like a Callie Smith, who has that paddle straight up, like the tip of the paddle is pointing up at the sky and it's right there in front of her chin, kind of. That works for her. And so it's just different for everybody kind of just some sort of comfort level. Plus it also stems from the way you hold the paddle, like what grip you're using. There's a lot of ex-tennis players with the continental grip. So that tends to favor the backhand automatically. So just, again, it just varies from player to player. And I think that's one of the fun things in coaching is that, especially in pickleball, like so many players come from so many different backgrounds of sports that there's no universal way to play this game or hit the ball with 
the correct mechanics. It just players are playing a lot. And if you're playing a lot and focused on improving, you can make any style work out there, any grip work. If you practice enough, I think you look at somebody like a Riley Newman, his grip is a little different. He has two-handed backhand. He makes it work though. I mean, he's one of the best players out there. It's just, it's fun to see. And the game is still changing. It's still improving. You're getting better athletes in it. And that's going to continue to raise the bar of this game. So it's pretty exciting to see that. I think we're just still at the early stages of where this game is going to go level-wise, competitiveness-wise. I agree. And Phil, those are some really great tips about quick hands. And I'm also hearing you that there isn't one right way. So I think that's one of the things that does make the sport great. Now, just to finish up with a couple quick questions. One is, I always do like to ask people at your level, and being a coach like you are, which pickleball paddle do you use? And why do you like it? (laughs) that's a pretty funny question for me anyways because i don't play too much pretty much the only tournament i play is the u.s open and i play with good friends people i know i'm gonna have a good time with on the court and this past u.s open i used the prince response paddle but i had this paddle for years and I said, I asked someone, I was like, you think I can get a fresher one, kind of? <laughs> and so the day before I was supposed to play, I they gave me a, a new paddle. And so that was the paddle that I used. And it just, I think at the time, Simone was sponsored by Prince. And so I just want to be part of the team with them and at the academy. So it, for me, it doesn't matter too much. And that's probably a big question that I suffer to answer as a coach is what paddle I should use. Any recommendations I'm not very good at with paddles just because I just use whatever they kind of are using at the time. And there's so many different paddle makers out there, so many different brands and companies that Again, everybody's different. Everybody has a different feel with whether it's the grip size, the grip, the, just the way the paddle is constructed, how it feels when they hit. It's just different for everybody. So it's best to just try out a bunch of different paddles and see what you like. I don't think anybody can tell you which paddle you're going to like. You just have to feel it out for yourself when you play your game out there. And so for me, it just, I pretty much just coach a little bit. And as long as I can hit the shot to my students that I want them to hit, I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. I love your honesty. And I have a feeling that you pro- I know your time is limited when it comes to coaching and teaching, but I think after people listen to this podcast, if they're going to be in your area, in the Naples area, they may want to reach out for a lesson. So where is the best place to contact you? Yeah, I, they do have, the Academy has a website. It's called Peak 
pickleballacademy.com. And you can kind of navigate through their website and you'll see all the coaches that are there and see what the availability is. I think a lot of the coaches, a lot of the complaints is that they can't get private lessons in because we're just all booked. Uh, But we do offer clinics during the season, during the winter season down here. And that's a good way to kind of for us to see your game and give you some tips. I, and I think, I'm trying to think, that's definitely the best way, I would say. I know Simone and Chad also post a few things on Facebook for camps and any updates that they might have. So to be Facebook friends with them is helpful as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that is perfect. I really appreciate your time today, Phil, and all the great tips. So thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast. Yeah. And then if you don't mind, I could add another tip for players, if that's okay. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I was just thinking, since just if I have this opportunity here, I just there's some tips for pickleball just in general that I like to offer to students or anybody that's trying to improve their game. And I think down here, what people kind of say I'm known for is I don't want to see any ball that a player misses into the net because you miss a ball in the net, whether it's a third shot drop that you're trying to make too good or you get your paddle on it and you hit it too hard or trying to make it too low going over the net and it misses into the net. It just, you're going to lose every single point if you hit it into the net. So I just tell players, this game is not based on winners. It's based on unforced errors. And you're not going to win a point by hitting the ball into the net. So just the mentality should be for, especially more beginners and intermediate, if you get your paddle on the ball, you are making your opponent play one more shot and make them earn that point. And another tip is just a lot of players we find watch a lot of YouTube videos out there and they tend to watch the high level pros like Simone, like Ben Johns and all those players. And I think the majority of the players that we deal with are maybe a little bit older and I would suggest to them to watch the senior pros play. Just because I think you're learning a lot from their skill level. They might not have the footwork or quickness on the court that the younger pros have. And so they make up for it in other areas, uh, whether it's their hands, their strategy, their ball placement, just their creativity and building the point. But it's probably best to watch just one player play the point. So instead of watching the ball being hit side to side, watch, say, just the server for a few points. See how they move. How do they transition up to the line instead of trying to watch all four players on the court? I think you'll learn a lot more from watching just one player because you'll see how much do they really move side to side when they're at the kitchen line. Once they're at the kitchen line, do they ever move back off the line for defense or something? 
And I think you can learn a lot just from watching that or, and I think try to implement that in your own style. I think that's very helpful for players in general. So I love that idea because there's very few people who are actually going to be top level pros regardless of their age so yeah that makes much more sense to last to watch the senior pros I, i'm gonna definitely be doing some studying of their game i really appreciate that tip phil yeah yeah no thank you very much <laughs> all right well thanks again for being on the pickleball fire podcast no thank you for this opportunity lynn really appreciate it Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.